Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 63 of Manage the Wild. I'm Nick Madsen. Today, we're going to be talking about the Trivers-Willard hypothesis. The Trivers-Willard hypothesis is a hypothesis that basically says when times are good, more males are born. If you're a male, that's exciting. If you're a female, maybe not so much. When I hear about these uh, hypotheses, theories, I wonder how they play out in real life. And this one actually did play out in real life. And it's kind of interesting. Um, but since the research was put out in 1973, there has been mixed results ever since. So not all cases can be applied to this and not all situations are affected by this. But the basic point of the hypothesis is uh, if there's a lot of resources available, more males are going to be born and uh, at times when times are lean or you're facing a drought or whatever, uh, then you're going to have more females. Well, females are an important part of the population. Unfortunately to say, males are not as important as females. One male can service multiple females, and females are generally the limiting factor. So uh, more females, more reproduction, better for a population. And so... What happened is there was a flightless parrot called the Kakapoo in New Zealand. And in 1997, the population had dropped to roughly 60 individuals. And most of the factors were rats and other predators that had been introduced to the island were effectively wiping out the population because they're ground nesting birds, they're flightless. And researchers and wildlife managers decided to go in and uh, find ways to help them out. So they started with removing predators. But one of the things they thought is, hey, maybe this population is suffering from not enough food. So they started dumping in gobs of food to help these parrots. And at the time of reproduction, they found that they had a massive problem. 60, 67%, almost 70% of the offspring that they reproduced ended up being males. And they were basically driving their population into extinction faster because they were providing so many resources. Now, they looked at what they could do. They still believe that food was a contributing factor, but they needed to find a way to increase the population without driving them faster <laughs> to extinction. And so what they determined they would end up doing is they would take the... Um, they wouldn't feed the population of the flightless parrots until after the chicks had hatched. Once the chicks had hatched, then they would start dumping in food, which in turn increased survival of the females. The As of about 2000 and, uh, let's see, 2002 to 2006, somewhere in there, the population has increased um, almost doubled. They now have um, somewhere around 62 uh, females, 67 males. This is back in, the study was done in 2011, or those numbers were from 2011, so I'd have to look. But how does this play out in our everyday life? Um, no, I'm not from New Zealand. I don't know too many people who are from New Zealand, so how could this play out in a situation with uh, ungulates or something else. And there are 
um, as we have talked about over the last few podcasts, there's disjointedness, disconnectedness happening all over the place. We're creating these environmental islands for these particular species, different species. One, some that rely heavily on migration and others that don't. But what we're doing is we're creating pockets. And the challenge could be as we try to help these populations um, that are isolated, one of the ways that we could be driving them to um, be effectively wiped out is are we feeding them too much? Now, this is just a theory. Uh, I've not talked to anybody or heard of this situation happening, but it's something that has potential. Right now, the state of Utah is feeding in a couple of counties within the state because they're, uh, the factors that they judge um, the wildlife to be healthy or unhealthy based upon weather, uh, they, they've scored very low on, and so they've decided that supplemental feeding was important. Now, ultimately, supplemental feeding may or may not help. Uh, it'll probably help some individuals hurt others as they get together. They bring uh, viruses, bacteria, diseases together, makes other individuals sick. Um, but what if you were to do a long-term feeding program where you had beans and legumes and a whole bunch of other clovers, high-protein clovers in an area, and you piled a bunch of resources into an area over long periods of time in an isolated area, could you effectively shift that sex ratio to more males? And that is always a possibility based upon the Trivers-Willard hypothesis. Sometimes we are more helpful or harmful than helpful. And it is our jobs as wildlife managers, researchers, scholars to understand the ways of nature and find ways that we can be more helpful than harmful. All right, you guys take care. Have a great day. Stay wild.